Hey, everyone. I'm Julie Gunlock, host of the Bespoke Parenting Hour. For those new to the program, this podcast is focused on how parents should custom tailor their parenting style to fit what's best for their families, themselves, and most importantly, their kids. Uh, today, we're checking in with my good friend from Wyoming, Kathy Holman. Um, Kathy began PrairieWifeInHeels.com in 2013 to spread her message of living life of grit, a life of grit and grace, which I love. And we're going to keep repeating on this show. So Kathy, great to see you. Thank you for having me back. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Well, I'm excited to talk to you. I, I have to say those kind of, I, I was running around a little busy this morning. I'm on day three of no washed hair and um, feeling a little crazed this morning. So I was glad my guest was you because <laughs> low key, it's always an low easy pressure. conversation. Low yeah. key, low pressure. How are well, you doing? I'm doing good. I'm sitting on a couch in Vegas in a hotel room. So that's what I was going to say is low really? pressure for you. Like, I don't, I don't, it's Vegas. I don't know when I washed my hair last. <laughs> I actually think I'm are wearing my eyes my, puffy. I don't know. <laughs> no, you look great. But I actually think I'm wearing my mascara from yesterday. So since I didn't wash my face last night, Yellow so it's fab. All, everything's fine. Everything's yeah. fine. What are yep. you doing in Vegas? So my husband works for Caterpillar. So we're here for the Con Expo which is like this huge, massive thing that happens every three years. So some people may frown at this phrase. I embrace it. I'm playing trophy wife, which means he goes and does whatever with his business folk during the day. I hang out by the pool and I just have to look pretty and be polite and time for dinner with everybody. (laughs) I am so jealous. I love gig. (laughs) It is a sweet gig. It's so funny too, because that is one of those phrases that sort of people don't, they're like, oh, well, I don't really mean it that way. That I aspire to this. It's really not bad. It's really not bad. (laughs) Well, good. Well, listen, you know, I I know we have some things to talk about, um, but I kind of, it's interesting. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about what's going on in Wyoming. I hear something about the Wyoming speaker, Albert Summers, who, and I, Am I wrong? He's a Republican, right? Yep, he's a Republican. He was born in Jackson, and I believe he's out of Pinedale. Okay, so he which has is like a do- tiny little town. So I uh, see. Okay, so this it's funny because I think for certainly for me, I think of Wyoming. You know, I always joke with you that I want to move to, and I truly do. Like it's not a joke. I want to move to Wyoming, but we think of it as like you know a very red area, a very red state that would sort of obviously be in favor of a lot of things Republicans in other states are doing. Um, and in, you know, in, in regions like in Virginia, the Republicans are really fighting hard for things like protecting ch- children against mm-hmm. some of this gender ideology and also CRT in schools. And also school choice is really popular in Virginia, um, with parents, particularly parents who like went through the COVID stuff and are like, Oh my God, get me out of, out of here. But in Wyoming, so you've got this very conservative state. And then you have the leader of the house who's blocking bills on universal school choice on um, he's banning um, the he, he, he doesn't want he there are there's a bill um, being proposed to ban gender ideology and CRT in schools for K through third graders. Um, he's also banning a bill or he's blocking a bill that would ban sex changes on minors. So tell me about that. Cause I, you are listening to the more likely the local news and the local politics and I don't, mm-hmm. I don't get it. What's going on. All right. So let me lead by saying, um, I did some research on this and of course I have my own perspective. Sure. So this is not like, 
black and white. Um, first of all, yes, it is safe to say that Wyoming is conservative overall, that there's lots of Republicans. But I think what we forget is there's a spectrum within the Republican Party, sure. right? So, for example, I grew up in Milwaukee and I am a part of the Republican Party. But where I am, as opposed to my husband, who's a fifth generation Wyomingite, is going to look different. So I don't want people to all of a sudden just remember that, right? Like you can be Republican and have different views along there. Um, so just to address two things quickly, and then I would love to do a deep dive into the waiver thing. Um, and my notes here. So the reason why he said no to criminalizing doctors is already supported the Chloe's law. And he felt like it was redundant for okay. both of those. So that makes a lot of sense, I think, for a lot of people, because Chloe's law is what you are talking about, a way to protect kids until they're 18. So okay. he supported that. He felt like the other law was the same thing over Fair and enough. over. Good. Yeah. And then as far as not teaching gender identity to children, he had two thoughts about that. First of all, his statement was this isn't happening in Wyoming not an issue in Wyoming, like it is in a lot of other states. And I have to be honest, from what I've seen and talking to parents that have kids in public schools in other counties, this isn't even an issue. This isn't happening in Wyoming. This isn't okay. something that teachers are trying to do, trying to push for. Um, so that so was one of his let, comments. Let uh -huh. me, let me stop right there. So do you yeah. feel like in your experience, you were a teacher? Cause I'd love, I'd love to kind of do a little dive into this. Yeah, I was a first grade teacher. See, this is interesting to me because I do think that, you know, we see all this stuff on libs of TikTok, right? We see all of, all of this. Uh, it's terrifying. And Billboard Chris is another example of someone who really is good about documenting this stuff. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. it is interesting because I do wonder, is it happening everywhere? And you can kind of get that thought. Do you feel like the teacher sort of industry in, in Wyoming and, just for the sake of, of argument, let's talk public schools for right now. And let me yeah, tell you, yeah. I, let me tell you, private schools can be just as bad on this stuff. Okay. So I've, I've had children, I've yes. taught, I've taught at public school. I've had children attend both private and public within Wyoming. So I would agree wholeheartedly with yes. your statement. So I don't want, but just for the sake of this conversation, right? Because yes, this let's is do this, because, because this ban was, uh, was, was banning public schools from engaging yes. in this, right? Yes. Because we don't want to tell pr private schools what to do. Yes. Do you feel like the teaching sort of gr the um, industry in Wyoming is more conservative? Yeah, I would say in general, because who are the people that are going to live and thrive in Wyoming? They're going to naturally be people that are drawn to our lifestyle. Who are the people that are going to become teachers? They're going to be people whose dad was a ranch down the street, and they're still teaching in the same town. Now, I would say, as with anything, you have people that move in. I'm raising my hand here um, from, from the city or from a different state that have a different perspective. But if you can make it through February in Wyoming, you really want to be here. And chances <laughs> are you've embraced that conservative lifestyle. Right, okay? right, 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 right. And I am saying this having had the worst winter since 1986 in Wyoming. Really? Okay? Oh, girl. Yes. That's a whole nother thing. That's a whole nother thing. Whole nother show. Yeah. Yeah. A whole nother show. So yes, generally Wyoming is more conservative. I've said it a billion times. I'll say it a billion more. Wyoming is what America was. And that isn't always a bad thing. Is there room for change? Absolutely. But um, 
I can tell, and again, I was a teacher over a decade ago, but I can tell you that it, we talked about every family looks different. That's the end of the story. That's all you have to do in first grade. You don't have to get into the nitty gritty of who sleeps in whose bed and, and things like that, right? You just say everyone's family looks different. Boom. Because especially the school I taught at was a low income title one school. And we had kids that were living with grandparents and aunts and uncles and and it, you don't have to go into the nitty gritty well, with the little kids. Th- yeah, but this is, and I think just to play devil's advocate, like I understand, yep. I, I believe me, as a, you know, government should get out. So I get really nervous when government does anything. So I can understand this position from the leader saying, hey, look, this isn't here. We don't need this now. But I will tell you from a Virginia standpoint, okay, this wasn't in Virginia until Northam. And so uh, mm-hmm. just a very quick story. Northam gets in, right? Um, Northam is elected governor of Virginia. And he then very quickly after his election, and we're a, we're a single termer um, okay. uh, state. So you can only do one, one term. Um, Northam was embroiled in a scandal because someone went back into his uh, yearbooks from medical school and found that he had dressed up as a Klansman. Okay, white hood, the whole bit, right? And it was this yearbook, each student could select a few pictures. Now, look, I think it's horrible, but it was the 1970s. He was at a look, Halloween look Halloween. the perspective of history. The yes, and I'm not, history, you know, I don't look. I, I honestly, I look, I don't understand anybody who dons a white hood and thinks that's funny, okay? But in the 70s, it was Virginia, whatever. He did this. This is down in, you know, he went to, I think, University of Virginia. Um, mm-hmm. So, and he was standing next to a person who was dressed in rags with blackface. Okay. So the whole thing was just like, Ugh, terrible. Okay? Yeah. So, of course, there were calls for him to resign and he didn't. And instead, he basically cashed in a whole lot or people cashed in a whole lot of favors, including um, people who wanted to place CRT in the classrooms. And in two years, the damage that Northam did putting in these insane liberals and radicals into the school system, we have CRT, we have gender studies, we have, they they aren't, you will never find a book being assigned in the public schools in Virginia that wasn't written post 2010. Like it's all very, it's, it's, been an enormous disappointment and as yeah, a result we have a loss it's a, we have a loss. terrible we have um terrible learn and then COVID happened right after that so we have terrible learning loss so it was so yeah. the thing is now is that the the um the new governor is trying to, to walk the new Republican governor Yunkin is trying to walk that back but the point is is oh my gosh it is so hard so what I'm trying to say here is it doesn't take much to yeah. get this so deeply embedded in the culture and the school culture that maybe this is preventative, maybe do this stuff while you have the support and outlaw this stuff and make sure this stuff is never going to come into your schools before it hits Wyoming. Cause I feel like it is spreading. Well, the other comment that he had is first, he said, this isn't, he doesn't believe this to be an issue right now, but he also said it should be local control. That's why he didn't, he felt like it needed to go to the communities, to the school boards. I hear you. I get it. This is all brand new territory for all of us. But that is what he said. And again, I'm not saying like pro or con. I'm just throwing out there the information because, of course, I was tagged in dozens of posts and everyone's like, what's happening to Wyoming? And yeah. And so um, something, too, I just want people to remember in Wyoming, because we are such a rural and an agriculture, <clears throat> excuse me, related state. I'm sorry. I'm That's OK. <clears throat> it's Vegas. It's Vegas. I know. I know what's happening. I've been staying hydrated. Okay. Um, Anyway, our legislation only meets for January and February and we're done. Oh, well, that's true. That's so like, Kathy, it's so funny that you say this because I've worked, I worked on Capitol Hill. I've uh always worked in federal. 
um, you know, on the federal level. And so now, um, you know, IWF launched this new group called IWN. It's our, it's our membership organization. Mm -hmm. I've talked to you about this and I'm suddenly very involved. Plus, you know, I, I host a radio show just like you have, you have to really know what is going on locally. And I, (laughs) this is so embarrassing. I mean, I'm not, I'm not that young, right? I, I'm not. <laughs> Look, you and I are the same. I mean, so no, I think you're I, very young. How, how in the world <laughs> have I, how in the world have I taken this long to know that state legislative, pro, you know, state legislative sessions are two months? I had no idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then it's done. Same in Virginia. Yeah. So I, I, like you, was really shocked at how quickly things go and how you ha- really, and they've, you know. Yeah, you have to do it and you have to be, you have to be on it. I, agree with you a hundred percent that parents that are concerned about this, it is your responsibility to be going to school board meetings, to be paying attention to what's happening and think about what they're actually doing at these legislative sessions with your vote. I mean, that's what we can do. And I know there was really big concern when CRT and everything first came up. And so guess what? I went to school boards, took a look at what's going on in our kids' community. And um, luckily, I have the ability to do that, right? Like, I understand that can be overwhelming for a lot of working parents, or if you have a massive, insane, you know, community, I can't imagine what it's like to try and go to a school board meeting in Washington, DC. Like I, I, yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry, the screen froze. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) So, so tell me though, let's get a little bit into, he's also the leader there is also banning, or he's rather blocking, blocking ban, yeah. um, some school choice in this initiatives, universal school choice. And this mm-hmm. is, this is classic, you know, this is classic, let the dollars follow the family. So in Alex, mm-hmm. just to give you an idea, um, my son had a very, very hard time in our public school. And I, but, and again, just to, just to make this short, I did not realize how bad it was until COVID. Okay. So ignore that. But just the point is, is he'd had problems for years and years and years. And when COVID happened and we pulled him out, and I, I think I've told this story on this podcast before, we had him assessed j- just for mathematics, just to see where he was. He was really strong. And we, we actually personally knew that he could, like, my, 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 my son is, is, is able, is a, is a very big reader and he, he's always been verbally, he's, uh-huh. he's very capable. He's a good reader. So we we're really re- worried about that. Not so worried about science, but we really were worried about math. We had him tested. We pulled him out at the end of seventh grade mm-hmm. and he assessed as only being competent up to fifth and, and not totally oh, two competent years fourth. behind is, and, and that was when that, that was, yeah. that was an assessment of his, cause you know, he was, COVID happened in the spring. So he'd almost done yeah. seven, you know, seventh grade full and they, he assessed. So, and I was so angry because guess what? He'd gotten all, he'd gotten A's and B's. He was a good student. And I, but I had this, I had suspected. And so the reason I tell that story is guess what? the public education up until seventh grade. Now he has an IEP cause he has, he has um, ADHD, like a lot of kids, okay. but he has a yeah. pretty severe case. Yeah. And so he gets funding for an IEP kid, which is this individualized education plan. Yeah. So he gets more funding than the average in Alexandria, Virginia. My other two children who do not have IEPs got $18,000 per year in Alexandria an IEP kid, $36,000. That's how much they spend per IEP kid and 18,000. I then pull my kid out. So, so up until seventh grade, he basically, he, he was barely up to fourth grade, um, math. And they told me he was doing great. And, Just and, rolling through and, the, the and they, they kept pushing him through. And I'm so angry about that. So now I pulled my child out. I homeschooled for 18 months and then I have now put him in a very expensive <laughs> private school. Do I get that 36,000? 
my my son still has like IEP quality needs. Yeah. What 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 does that say? And the, the idea of my property taxes are still being collected to pay for that public school that failed my son. So why in the world does the leader, and again, like, I'm not talking to him, I'm talking to you, but what yeah. was his, you're good about, I do appreciate you kind of giving the reasoning about there's overlap and duplication in some of these proposals. And that's, that's mm-hmm. important. Yeah. But why in the, what's his position and what is Wyoming sort of voters position on school choice? Again, I can only speak for myself for Wyoming voters on school of choice. And I actually have a different opinion than a lot of people. So prepare yourself. Sure. Um, so first of all, what he said, I, again, I did some reading is that he wants to, he thinks it's unconstitutional and he wants to, if anything, put it more at that local level. So let the school board decide what they want to do, which actually is already what's happening in Wyoming. For example, we live in a teeny tiny town. Okay. There is one school. So school of choice doesn't really make sense. And you would be surprised at, well, you wouldn't be because you know, Wyoming, but that other than like, maybe four other cities that's pretty much the way that it is in the whole entire state is that there's one school that's there that's where you go to so school of choice mm. and there's already a system set up where if you want to go to the next town over because you've had a negative experience it's very easy to do that sure um not a lot of people take advantage of that some do some don't that's that's their decision again it just goes through the school board it's it's fairly easy to to do that if you want to so I grew up in Milwaukee, which is actually where, if I am correct in remembering my educational history, this all went down because of the notoriously terrible Milwaukee public school system. Yeah. And I grew up on a tiny little suburb right on the edge of downtown. And on one side of me was super ultra rich people. And then it was our teeny tiny little suburb. I grew up like Salvation Army closed poor, no government assistance, but right. like they probably could have if they wanted to. Yeah. Um, and then you have the inner city. So my parents spent the little money they had sending us to private school for the exact same reason that you're sending your children to private school. Yeah. When it came time for high school because of our location and access to the super ultra rich high school, they let me go to, you know, let all of us kids go to public school. Yeah. We had the waiver system. We had those kids coming in from inner city attending this high school. And I have no doubt that because of that system, generational poverty was broken um, and some pretty amazing, phenomenal things happened. Right. I did not see a decline in behavior or poor influence or all these things that people are talking about from these larger cities doing that. That, right. that just wasn't what I experienced. But again, this was in the 90s. So who knows what it's like now? Saw right there exactly what you're talking about, how valuable access to this and choice can be for these kids and for the community, right? Because some of those kids got education and then went back and made change. That's huge. Right. Now let's go to Wyoming. And when I was a public school teacher, I taught at a school that was literally in the middle of a trailer park, lots of meth, lots of abuse, lots of um, multi-generational poverty, again, on a Wyoming level, right? So it's not like people, it's not like there's guns or gangs or shootings or anything. It's a, keep this in perspective, the worst part of Wyoming compared to the worst part of Chicago, absolutely nothing. Totally different story, right. Okay, so as educators, what we did in this Title I school is our principal had us take classes where we could specifically recognize meth use, abuse, talk about breaking those socioeconomic cycles. So we were taught specifically how to work with these kids and where they were at to bring them up to where they needed to be. 
Okay. Yeah. Because we were in this neighborhood. We knew sure. them. In Casper, Wyoming, which is the big city near where I live, they have school of choice. So you can pick whatever school you want. You don't have to go to your neighborhood mm. school. It's a bigger city. I don't even know how many schools there are. Let's say there's 12 elementary schools and maybe six, um, six like middle schools. And there's two high schools plus one more, the alternative high school. Sure. So that's what we're looking at. Okay. They have the waiver system there. Each school is run differently. Some have a board sure. of parents that yeah. decides some have open classroom. Okay. I have seen firsthand how this has caused a breakdown in our community system because kids are no longer going to school with their neighbors. They have no idea who their neighbors are anymore. They're on the bus for an hour and a half sometimes to get to the place where they need to be if their parents can't drive them and the bullying and the physical violence that occurs because what's going to happen when you have a bunch of kids on the end of the day on the bus for an hour and a half has right. just escalated year after year. I have parents who can't even, there's not, um, there's lots of instances where parents have their kids going to three different schools because they couldn't get them into the same one. Not because they chose to do it that, that way because of their child's needs. I personally, like we actually built our house in like across the county line specifically. So my, I would not have to deal with the waiver system because I do not think it benefits our community there. And but, the, and like, but the ahead. parents, but, but the parents could, could have chosen to go to the local public school, correct? You don't get to pick. I, my understanding is you do not always get into your neighborhood school even and like people are touring schools in April to get their kids and you don't have first choice because you live in the neighborhood. Right. That's not, that's my understanding. I could be wrong, but you don't get to say, I live in this neighborhood. I want my kid to go to this neighborhood school. Okay. Cause you live here. You get, I have friends that were driving 20 minutes when they had a school across the street because they couldn't get their kid into it. So uh, is this uh, you say this is a waiver system. So I think it, they just call it school of choice I, where you can just pick what school you want to go to. You get on the wait list, you register your kid and you say, I want them to go to this school. This is my first choice. But the interesting thing, though, is, Kathy, is that have do do parents in this waiver system? And I'm really not from, familiar with Wyoming specific. Um, I'm I'm. I'm confused. And it would have also. to be this town specific because that's yeah. the thing. This isn't statewide. This is just how this one city does it. I'm 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 a little bit confused about a situation where it sounds like people can choose to go to the public school, or they can choose a variety of private schools. No, it's all public schools that are uh, run different ways. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's all public schools. So you well, have the, those. The, the, this does sound kind of different from what the proposal for true school choice. It doesn't sound sort of, they might use that sort of language, but what true school choice is, is giving the money to the families. That's the yes, only that's difference. That's like what Milwaukee did so and, that and, they could pick them. And, and, mm -hmm. and the, and there will be a variety. So, so let's take me for instance. If, if the money goes to the family, Okay, goes back to me and I get 36, you know, it would never be that much, right? Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> let's say, let's go can dream. <laughs> you can dream. So let's say, you know, let's say uh, maybe there isn't special funding for IP kids. Let's just say every family gets 18,000, like 10,000 per kid, right? Because they're not going to give you 18. So let, let's say they give you $10,000 per kid. For me, I would be able to choose, okay, I'm going to send my kids to the public school and that's, that costs $10,000. Okay. Or mm -hmm. I could choose to go to the really fancy Episcopal private school 
um, where John McCain went and a bunch of mm-hmm. rich families and their mm-hmm. kids. And that's mm-hmm. $50,000 a year. And if I'm wealthy enough, I could use the 10,000 that I get in the school choice plus, you know, makeup, mm-hmm. but more than likely, okay. Cause that's insane. But more than likely is people would say, you know what? I have a special needs child and there is a school and there is a school close to, to my house that really caters to children on the spectrum, to children with very kind of severe learning needs. And, you know, my God, they have a ton of, you know, they have a teacher, they have a lot of um, sort of assistance in the classroom to help kids. And maybe that is 15,000. And so I could use my 10,000 in public. And that was, you know, like, Mm -hmm. that's just yours that you paid into property taxes, etc. And then you supplement. And to me, you could choose to use all of that money. And so again, it's just like public school, where you're not out any money, or you can supplement that, but it is help for you if you have a special needs child. The interesting thing also in Wyoming, as you say, and I get this because I grew up in rural Illinois where you had one high school to go to, right? Yeah, and like then, it is what it is. Yes, and you always, <laughs> and I remember, I remember as a child, I remember there was, um, we had these neighbors and they were really odd. I always thought they were a little strange. And the kids, the kids were kind of to themselves and they would, um, they were always leaving super early because they had to drive 25 miles up the road yeah. to drop their kids off at the pri- private school. They wanted their kids to go to a religious school. Yep. It's so funny that my memory now, now I'm like, that would probably have been me. But, um, <laughs> but I, but if, if let's say every family was getting a check to say like, you can use this however you want, I would think that there would be more innovation in why, you know, look, it, it sounds like a lot of things are working well in Wyoming, but I would think that you say, cause there's no other choices. I think about a family who lives in an area like my rural town in Illinois. And I know that there were some really, there were some special needs kids who really shouldn't have been there and mm-hmm. they got terrible. They, they didn't get a good education. And I think about if that had been set up in Illinois in my day, like then there might've been a small, maybe a small group of parents who hired a teacher and, you know, they did a sort of homeschool pod type thing. So I think there is, um, I, I think one of the things that without school choice, it stunts innovation and education and and again, give makes people sort of when they have one choice, they have one choice. And even in towns where maybe this this works and there and there's one school to go to and there's no competition, I still think that if we did a California model and in California, if you homeschool, you homeschool too, right? Um, I do um like I in the summertime I make yeah. them because I'm oh. a nerd. Oh, that's so good. Because <laughs> I used but to I, be a but, teacher. But I I homeschooled. I had to buy a curriculum. It was time out of my mm-hmm. day. It was it was yeah. like I had to take time off of my work. And if I had gotten a portion of that, California does that where you can set it, they will help defray the costs of the curriculum and some of the setup of your schoolroom and your house and stuff like that. So I do think there's options here. Do you um, think that there, that anyone's going to, okay, so I'm listening to all the things you're saying. I'm thinking about how, you know, Casper, that's the big city I'm talking about that has school of choice that I just personally don't like because of that breakdown in community, especially because there's not a huge variant in my opinion. And also like, um, we have a neighbor who has a child who has very severe special needs. Okay. Very severe. And our little town that school was not a good fit for him. They just didn't have the support he needed. So like I said, you can just fill out paperwork and send your kid to the next town over. So he just goes to the next town. So we have like all sorts of fluidity and and flexibility. And for homeschoolers in Wyoming, 
you can homeschool, but then if you want your kid to go take trig at the high school, no problem. Come take trig at I the think, high school. I think Wyoming sounds like it is on a good path already. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot I of feel options. Like, that's what I feel like his point but, was. But, I, but this but... is the thing. I, I feel like there are a lot of that, that what we hear in this narrative a lot of times is everyone has goes to the local high school. And then for the, for people with severe problems or for people with, you know, there are, there are people like my son who are falling behind who mm-hmm. do not have severe problems. He's like, you know, I always joke like, Oh, he has ADHD, like every other kid. Right. But I mean, but in my yeah. son's case, it is, it is, it is a pretty serious case and he really does need accommodations for that. But we're not talking about a child who's, you know, yeah, we're talking who's, about who's nonverbal or who has yeah. sight problems or hearing so or self harming. We and already I, have that where you can change. So I have friends, my daughter, one of her best friends, they weren't getting along socially at school. So they go to school in the next town over. Sure. Like sure. we, we have that in Wyoming, but how do we, how do you figure out what's best, right? Like, how do you figure out is the waiver well, system with the I money always, best? Is it they I, can go where they want? That's yeah, best. And, and I do, I do think that there are questions like that, but I always defer to, I think parents are best. And if they want that, that, um, if they want that community cohesion that you're talking about, which, you know, certainly is a, a very good thing to talk about, right? Because if we break up, mm-hmm. you know, it's funny. I live in a town that's kind of like that. Um, we, I can't, I don't have the specific study in front of us or in front of me, but um, us, like I'm, I like have a person living inside <laughs> the royal me. Um, sorry, I love like, it. Like you're the royal person. Um, yeah. I don't have it in front of me, but at one point someone had done a, a study of Alexandria, Virginia and per person we have the most private schools in like mm, a small mm-hmm. because Alexandria city itself there's there's Fairfax County that has <clears> a <throat> city of Alexandria but it's not part of the actual historic city and it's a it actually is a very small town and um we again we have the most per capita or per mile or whatever private schools so it's funny in my neighborhood my son's best friends like his gang right his like his people mm-hmm. um there's only two of them that go to the same school and one goes to a school like in DC, another one goes to the local school. Um, so it's very similar like that. And I see what you mean about it because I heart, I don't know the parents very well. I don't, there's not like, you know, school events that we well, hang and out they're with. not even getting off the bus at the same time and walking home. So you just recognize them. You're not there on the corner with the stroller waiting for them. Like... Yeah. I, it, it, but this is the thing. I think a little, I think in some ways, when I look at education in America and the state of it and how we are just failing kids, um, I, I don't know that that is something that's necessarily so much of a, that, that should be so much of a barrier yeah. to, to, we, we, we desperately need innovation in education. We need competition. Yeah. And we need to, uh, uh, we actually, it's been a fascinating perspective for us. We actually have a Spanish exchange student that's living with us because why not add one more kid when you have five? Um, (laughs) And he, so he already graduated university in Madrid. This is his, his gap year and he's hanging out and, and going as a senior to high school in our local small town community for his exchange. And he's like, Oh, you guys are doing stuff we were doing in like eighth grade. And he's a senior and he just continuously is like, what's going on? What is going on with your guys's education system? And me, 
Like I am, in case it's not clear, I am super happy with the education my kids are getting where I feel like there's gaps. I am the responsible person that fills it in. The things oh, we that get I, it. You, yeah, like, you make them go to school in summer. We get it. <laughs> I am that mom. I'm like, you didn't read Mark Twain. We're reading Mark well, Twain. Kathy, Let's talk Kathy about it's it. so interesting that you bring this up on Twitter. Something kind of, it didn't go viral, but it was like kind of a big tweet that was out there about, I don't remember, it might've been Princeton or Stanford, Stanford is such a train wreck these days. I went oh to a whole gosh, other show. Right? Oh my God. Ooh, right. But, but it might've been, it was undergrad and like a sophomore literacy class. Some professor basically said that her students cannot get through Scarlet Letter. Okay. And they were having a really hard time. Like actually, and I'm, and you know, my kids reading that in ninth grade. Right. Yeah. And, and we read it my, when we were like 13. Yeah, and I read it when I, and I, you know, yes, it was a little bit hard. Right. I mean, my kid in seventh grade had to read um, Mark Twain's um, Prince and the Pauper. And oh my God, yeah. that's like an old English. And I was like, yeah. you know, I had to read passages to him. I get it. But yeah. this is a college level course and they're reading Scarlet Letter. And you do wonder about, you know, meanwhile, TikTok's, you know, taken off and the Chinese know exactly how to, you know, make us. Oh my gosh. You know, right. Like, stupid. Maybe because... that's what they need to do is they exactly. need to do like a TikTok, you know, like there's cliff notes. So do like a <laughs> right. version of the Scarlet Letter. But you and it I does, can make but bank. It tells you so much at the current <laughs> yeah. state of our education. Yeah. And when I mentioned that, when my son was coming home with things and tests where the test would say uh, um, gender is a social construct. I mean, this was way back in 2000 and, uh, what, 2019. And I was like, something's going wrong here. Like, what is happening? And I would, I would write the, and then the, the literacy the, or the literature that would come home with them. And I'm like, what are you reading? Like, this is insane. You know, you've got Kendi and, you know, Bettina Love and all these people on these recommendation lists for, you know, kids reading. And during the summer, my God, the, the recommended reading is even more woke. So, I do, I worry about this stuff and I, and I worry about, um, sort of how education is, I mean, if you just like the, the most you serious pay reason attention as a parent, like people have gotten, they, I think that we got complacent before COVID. I think there was a big eye opening. I think before COVID, we didn't appreciate teachers in the way that they needed to be appreciated until all of a sudden you have all these parents stuck with their own children for hours and hours that have never spent like, I'm serious. They've never spent that much time with their kids right, ever. Right. And then they're like, oh, <laughs> things are, something's not right here. And maybe that teacher was right. And I <laughs> yeah. shouldn't have had her fired for saying Joey's a little punk. Um, but I think it also made us much more aware of the curriculum because we were teaching it. Yeah. Right. Like some parents had no concept about how math has changed over right. the last five years, even forget about the last decade. And so I think rather than feel defeated by this, um, rather than feel overwhelmed by this, we need to say, okay, we were too lackadaisical. We weren't paying attention. Now is the time we need to pay attention. Let's go read articles. Let's educate ourselves. And more importantly, don't go on the attack at these school board meetings. Go with the concept of of why you're doing this. And then those people need to be listening to us that are paying their salaries and paying for this education through our taxes, right? We need to get back to dialogue. Yeah. We need to be more active as parents. 
That is something that just I cannot emphasize enough. Read the little newsletter. Talk to the teacher if you have a problem. There has not been a single time where I have emailed our superintendent or one of my kids' teachers and I haven't had a response within 48 hours business hours. Yeah. I'm talking principals, whether it's good or bad. Super, I mean, this is what you need to do. You can't just sit at home and whine and complain. You need to go be active in your child's education. Well, it does sound like in Wyoming, parent the, the teachers are still paying attention. The school administrators, the school superintendents. And I'm school not board saying it's numbers. perfect. Oh, like, no. There's, no, right, no. Okay. <laughs> but, I do, but I do think there is this disconnect between, um, uh, like, if you live in, I mean, there are people who, like, you know, Carol Markowitz is a great example. You know, she's sort of mm-hmm. a noted New York City writer, and mm-hmm. she liked, she loved New York. Like, she, that was part yeah. of her, her, her narrative was how much she loves living in New York. And, you know, she's like, kind of make fun of the Park Slope moms, but like, this was sure. kind of her thing, right? Yeah. And, and New York was definitely part of her. And then she moved to Florida and she taught, now she, it's so interesting to see her writing about how different it is. And I feel a little bit in that same space because I was part of a school district who, I mean, truly does not care. The, the cruelty of the Alexandria school boards and um, I've seen your women posts and, and oh, articles. Yeah. It's, it's, it's <clears> nuts. <throat> and so then to, to experience it uh, on, um, to, to, to experience what I've experienced now that I've gotten my kids in, in, in classical schools and the communication I get from teachers, it has been remarkable. But I do think it's really important for us to put it in perspective and remember not all states are the same. Not all parents are the same. Not all conditions yes. are the same. And private school is not always better. Like we pulled our kids from private school. Well, I, I also tend I'm to think that I, like private I, school isn't always better. I tend to also, I think this is really what you've, what you've, said here today is so important because I have gotten so to so much so I'm so angry about what occurred in my own personal situation that you say the name school board and I immediately break out in hives I'm literally like <laughs> the enemy the enemy the enemy I'm and like, you're oh, I hang out with them at football <laughs> yes. games and know yes. all their kids <laughs> so I think it is important that we realize that you know um again not not every location is the same not every state is the same I am really glad that Wyoming remains a place of you know being sensible and, and listening to people and listening to parents because in um, my experience, it is, it depends on who you ask, right? There's other people that think we aren't woke enough. I, of course, feel like we can all something you said earlier about, you know, seeing things on Twitter and TikTok. we can all get very easily overwhelmed with access to social media. I don't think social media is the devil. It is how I have made my living. It is how I provide for my family, but That being said, you need to take a breath and look in your communities. You're reading articles about gender, this and that, and the other thing. Go hang out at your school. Talk to your kids. Talk to their teacher. Don't just start going on, you know, rants and raves on Facebook. Go into your community. You're feeling like, you know, no one cares anymore. There's no volunteerism. When's the last time you went and wandered around in your community just it's easy to get defeated I think yeah. with all these big stories and and all these things and um you know like my daughter where she's a female wrestler it depends on where you look you could hear tons of discouraging terrible stories about what it's like to be a female wrestler and wrestle boys and and that's not See, this is what you do Cassie. this is what you do I was just about to say like you know well we're going to conclude this one and you'll be back in a couple of weeks <laughs> I know, now I'm you open it up I'm like female wrestler Oh my God. Okay. So I think we've nailed our next conversation because I would like to, don't, you cannot take the bait here. You cannot take the bait, but I would like to hear about what it is like to be a female 
who is who's not pretending to be a male, who's actually entering a rink with a male opponent, what that's mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. This is actually opposite of of a male student identifying as a woman and then like beating. Mm-hmm. This is this is actually a really interesting conversation we will have next time. Yes, no, I say, will no take my <laughs> It's really hard though. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. But you are going to be back. We're going to, we are now doing a regular, um, I think so we're, I can't remember. It's like once a month or something with uh, whatever with you want, girl. I'm yeah. Here. With, with Kathy, Kathy is um, just, she, you know, it's honestly, I, Kathy and I agree on a lot of stuff, but she's a great counterweight to me. I think she's, um, she's lives in a different area of the country and I tend to interview a lot of people who are sort of in these battles. And I think it's, uh, it's great to have these very calming conversations with Kathy. Um, but, but I also, I also uh, love how you do parent with grace and grit. And I think that's um, just something our, our viewers want to listen to. So I love having you on. I'm so jealous Thanks that you're, in, me. It's so you're in Vegas. <laughs> what, what, what's planned for today? More, more time at the pool. That's all I'm going to do, girl. <laughs> I have one article to write and then I'm going to the pool to soak in tan before I go back to 10 feet of snow. So that's awesome. (laughs) All right. Well, Kathy, it is great to have you on and, um, and we will talk next time. Thanks for having me. Uh, Kathy will be back in a couple weeks and we'll have another great conversation with her. The Bespoke Parenting Podcast is a production of the Independent Women's Forum. Please help us out by hitting the subscribe button and leaving us a comment or review on Apple Podcasts, Acast, Google Play, YouTube, or IWF.org. Hang in there, parents. We'll see you on the next Bespoke Parenting Podcast.